105 and the Dr. Payne show is on the air. WidePinpointHealth.ca, the Pinpoint Health Show. That's what we're doing here. The clinics are expanding. There's, I'm going to say five right now. Am I close? You are close. Look at that. Six, eh? probably seven, eight soon. Success, son. Yeah, it's not, it's, it, obviously it's about the success. I'm not yes. going to sit here and say that I don't have aspirations and dreams and all of those things. Yes, absolutely. But I think for anything to be successful, you actually have to have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a big passion of mine. It's been a passion from the day that I graduated. Um, when I quickly realized, I mean, when I graduated, I started practicing on my own. Um, and I quickly realized that if you truly want to help people, in terms of healthcare and pain and injury specifically, you have to have an amazing team because there's so many different types of medical practitioners that deal with pain, whether it's medical doctors, chiropractors, physiotherapists, um, then going into more alternative things like acupuncturists, massage therapy. There's so many aspects of it that if you actually want to treat it the right way, you have to have this approach. And in fact, most of the world right now is moving towards, when I say the world, I mean the healthcare world, is moving towards a combination of therapies uh, when treating anything, whether that's heart disease uh, or cancer or pain and injury. You often hear that there's things on every end of the spectrum that you can do, whether it's medication, surgeries, all the way to other alternative options. And and I'm a big fan of that integrative approach. And, and I think that's really what works well. Um, and the reason why I'm trying to build the team that I'm building in the community of clinics that I'm building um, is really because that's the best way to go about treatment of, of pain and injury. And, uh, you know, and, and even the clinics that we've acquired in the process, the, the current patients that were there, the, the new access to care that they're getting within our other clinics is amazing. It's just it works so well to have this multidisciplinary, multimodal approach to care um, that we can have uh, the input of so many different types of professionals on any one case. And I think that's a, a tremendous thing. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. And the number's still the same, though, one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. And on awesome. that point, yeah. so so yesterday at around 7.30, I realized something. You know when the weeks go by really quickly? And I noticed I haven't gotten a lot of calls lately. And it seems strange because I typically will get four or five calls a day that, that I try to get back to people. And I was like... I can't remember the last time I got, it just sort of hit me. I've been so busy with so many things that I was like, what's going on? And, uh, you didn't pay your bill. No, I did pay okay. my bill. We use, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're bankrupt. We're done. <laughs> we're done. Have a good day, folks. Uh, no. So we use like this, the one eight five five is through a portal system and okay. it typically would go to my phone, which is how I would know that I got right. these things. So I actually, I don't actually sign into the online portal all that often because it typically just goes to my phone. Then when I look through my messages, I was like, the last call I got was August 23rd. Okay, that's weird. I was like, that's a long time yeah. ago. Uh, sure enough, it wasn't. What happened was the online portal, something happened with the forwarding of the number to me. And so there, there's like 80 messages now that I have to get back to. So okay. I bring this up to apologize if anybody's listening. If you have not heard from me, it was not me ignoring you. If you haven't heard from my team, it was not us ignoring you. It was that there was an, a, a, an issue with this with this system. Um, and we've corrected it, and we and I double-checked everything. It took me nice. till like 10 o'clock last night to double-check everything to make sure that everything is working. So uh, 
if you are one of those people that has not heard back from me since October or sorry August 23rd which is a very very long time I apologize profusely it was not uh, an intentional thing it just sort of happened and we yeah. we, sw- we switched some scripting things on the system and I guess when we did that something happened and uh, at the mercy of technology my friend. nonetheless so yeah. I- I'm very very sorry again for anybody listening that this was not intentional um, we uh, myself and my office manager are actually going to be making the calls we've already started very cool. uh, trying to get back to everybody like within the next few days so um, you know again if, if you are one of those people my sincerest apologies We'll take a, a short break and we'll get into some uh, some talk about uh, sports and the kids are back into the hockey and I'm watching the uh, you know media day with the uh, the Raptors right now so that's all coming about and that leads to uh, busy times in your clinics for sure my friend but your phone calls here for the next hour four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale it's Pinpoint Health Show Global News Radio. Yeah, it is 11-12, Pinpoint Health indeed. And uh, now that the phone glitch has been fixed, I mean, on the outside of the show, one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U, that's all squared away. But for the purpose of the uh, next 45-50 uh, minutes here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You have uh, health concerns, pain issues. This is the time to uh, to call. Claudia, good morning. Oh, hi, good morning. How are you? We are fantastic. How are you doing? What's your concern? Um, I'm calling in regards to, uh, I was just speaking to the other gentleman on the uh, phone a moment ago. My situation is different probably than most patients you've seen. Okay. Uh, my, my situation started two years ago with a motor vehicle accident, which led to initially acute pain. And from there, with uh, different types of treatments, such as, you know, massage, I did physiotherapy, I did spinal decompression, I did physio. None seemed to be uh, alleviating the pain. I was on uh, different types of medicine as well, uh, for example, naproxen, and I went from Lyrica to Gabapentin. Uh, what was suggested to me after about five, six months of this pain was that I should get an epidural uh, steroid shot into uh, my back. And uh, unfortunately, the pain clinic um, that I went to um, I had a reaction to it, and I'm actually in the process of going to the United States now to get formally diagnosed, but uh, we believe it's a low level of a condition called arachnoiditis. Okay. And uh, I guess my, my calling into uh, the radio station this morning was just to urge people to be uh, cautious of uh, the adverse side effects that can take place with steroid injections into the spine. Uh, most people are in desperate uh, help because they're in so much pain, and I and that was my case as well. But had I been told by these pain clinic doctors that uh, there could be adverse side effects and this can alter your health forever, um, this is a condition that is progressive. And so, so, t- so one second there, Claudia. So, number one, I'll start by saying that you you started by saying that this is probably very different from what. I often see in patients, and actually, you're not all that different. Um, I see this type of stuff all the time. The one thing I want to ask you around the car accident, um, it's low back pain we're talking about? Uh, yes, low yeah. back pain. And so you mentioned the things you did. How much exercise rehabilitation did you do and continue to do? Uh, like, after, you mean before the injection? Yeah, like after the accident, like how much exercise was focused on rebuilding your core and strengthening um, all of the core and gluteal musculature? 
Well, I was a very active person prior to this. Uh, yep. I'm in my, I was in my mid-40s at the time, but I probably did more than most women did my age. And no, 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 but so following your accident, how much did you do following your accident? Proper guided exercise rehabilitation with a professional? Yes, uh, probably about uh, two months after the accident. I, I took it easy for the first few months. And uh, then I started uh, within a few months to start doing physio uh, with someone who was a physiotherapist, but he was also a personal trainer. I found that in some ways it was helping me keep my core strong, but it's just I was in too much pain. I had to stop at one point. So the things that I could normally do in the past, I couldn't even do half of it. Yeah, so, I mean, the biggest thing with these types of mechanical injuries following car accidents um, is that all of those passive interventions after the acute phase, whether it's someone pushing on you, uh, massage, injections, all of these things, anything where someone does something to you, um, is the wrong approach in the chronic state. Really, in the chronic stage, it has to be exercise rehabilitation. And what you're describing, hurt versus harm, is an important thing that we educate people on. You can do a lot of things following an accident that, could potentially hurt you, uh, that potentially hurt you, but are not necessarily harmful. Whereas when you stop, that doesn't necessarily hurt, but becomes very, very harmful. So um, exercise rehabilitation following an accident is not something you do for a period of time and stop. You have to go through it. You, the professional you work with has to modify it so that you can continue going through it. So uh, this is something that I see all the time, and it's done very, very wrong in the industry, um, where your story, again, is not all that different. People in the acute phase uh, end up going for a lot of passive types of physical interventions. Uh, they they don't focus heavily on the exercise and rehabilitation of the core, and then they progress because their chronic low back pain doesn't get any better, and so they think that more invasive options like injections are the better option, and there's not very good research for those things actually around these things. Um, do they play a role in certain instances? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, I, think, I think your call very much highlights, um, and again, this is not something that I don't see, I actually see it all too often. Um, it's it's a mismanagement of how accident patients are dealt with, and, and the focus following chronic injuries of the low back very much needs to be on exercise rehabilitation and not really the other stuff. Yes, I agree, doctor. Yep. And you know, if I could have a time machine, I would go back. Yeah, of course, yeah. But but so yep. you could, you don't, the thing is, though, exercise rehabilitation can happen at any point. So if you're not doing it, you should start doing it. And I don't mean just you go wake up tomorrow morning and you start doing your own stuff. But if you get the right professional to start with low-level intervention and then grade it over time, this is what we do all the time in the clinic, you can get better. So these things going to the states, dec decompression, all this stuff, there's like I'm telling you what the evidence-based research on low back pain is. You can go anywhere yeah, in the world. No. You can get any procedure you want. It probably will not eliminate that chronic low back pain unless you build up the strength in your core again. And you're not too far past that you can't do that anymore. You can still do yeah. that. It's just whether you make the choice to do that or not. I know. And I, and I have been consistent the last, uh, you know, probably close to a year now trying to build up my core and my glutes and all the things that were very strong in the past. But with this condition, unfortunately, it has given me an inflammation in the arachnoid membrane inside right. the spine. Well, that, yeah, that's very different. So that, that so main... Uh, yep. So I went having, a, a, you know, a terrible uh, accident, which wasn't my fault. So it, it pretty much shattered 
you know, everything I was doing at that time uh, to, like I mentioned before, acute to chronic pain, the injection brought me into a whole other world that I have never seen. So I, I really urge people to really, really be careful to really stay away from it. Like you said, doctor. Well, so I would not. So I, again, this is because it's my show. I'm going to put out the warnings. I don't say that people should stay away from it because there are instances where those injections help tremendously. Um, Unfortunately, in your instance, it did not. Uh, But, you know, the biggest thing is you're bringing up a great point, which is risk and benefit. And everything you do has a risk and benefit, whether that's something very low level, like an exercise, all the way to surgery. So it's always about mitigating the risk and increasing the benefit. But that's a discussion between professional and patient and both people making educated decisions and working as a team. There's so many variables where we can't say, in general, injections are bad for you. They are not bad for you. They are not inherently bad if used in the right place, the right time. They're actually tremendously helpful. It just sounds like you were in an instance where all of those things didn't line up. And I don't know enough about the case to tell you which thing was was misaligned most. Uh, but, th- th- you know, that's the big thing. I appreciate what you're saying. And I think people need to I think the whole audience needs to understand that everything has a risk and a benefit. And and it's always about realizing and uh, discussing what those risks and benefits are with the healthcare professional and then making educated decisions together. That's what evidence-informed care is. It's the best scientific evidence, the clinician experience, and what the patient wants. Claudia, really appreciate the phone call. You want to reach out further, uh, no problem. one 855 Dr. Lou. That's D-R-L-O-U. And for you, the remaining time, lots of it. Bring them on. You got health concerns like Claudia Good place to start is with a phone call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Pinpoint Health Show right here on Global News Radio. 1124 Pinpoint Health Show, yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You want to reach out through email, it is info at pinpointhealth.ca. Yeah, so, I mean, that call we just had, again, is not all that unfamiliar, from, no. unfortunately, from what I see all the time and and. There's just this big reliance on passive things, right? And and there, the the other thing, and and I don't fault the patient necessarily for this. A lot of times, it's the professionals. Um, the ex the re, the exercise component, the rebuilding of the strength and the endurance of muscles that support things, whether it's your low back or your neck or whatever it may be, is so paramount. And and for whatever reason, it's just this little minuscule thing that's sort of talked about. And it's like, oh, you know, we're going to do this, this, and this. And then, yeah, we'll give you some exercises. But that that point has to be, when I see these patients in my office, I highlight how important that is. And I and I basically tell them, this is, this is the key to you being better. If you do these things, you're going to do tremendously well. If you don't do these things, you're not going to do well. And, there's, and I don't make any apologies about it. I don't give them other options. Sometimes it's about also being stern and making people realize and the reason why I'm stern like that is because I need to get across to the, the patients that I'm seeing right. how important that is and how important it is for them to understand that um, so that way one day they if they don't get better they can turn around and say well you know I, I get it. it I didn't do the things I was supposed to do and and like Claudia's case it's never too late to start that 
if you're dealing with chronic low back pain, again, the, the goal is to start building the strength and endurance of the core musculature. That doesn't matter whether you've been in chronic back pain for two years or three years or five or 10 or 20 years, you can still do it. Will it change maybe the expectations on what you should expect and how quickly sure. you should expect results? Yes, absolutely. Great, right? we, we, can, we can definitely look at that and start to decipher, okay, well, obviously someone who's been dealing with an issue for 20 years is probably going to take a longer time to feel improvements than someone who's been dealing with it for two years. But it doesn't mean at any point it's too late. And in fact, every time you don't start, all you're doing it is making it worse and worse and worse. I saw um, a person this week uh, and uh, very throughout her life, 60-year-old female had had um, issues of very, very mild back discomfort, like the, the regular stuff that I guess we all get. Um, about three weeks ago, she quote-unquote threw out her back. And so I think a lot of us know what that means, like to the point where she couldn't move at all. Um, and she's listened to the show, and she came in, and she she's like, listen, I've heard you. I've heard what you've said about this stuff. I think I already know what you're going to say to me anyways, uh, but I just want to make sure. And and so we went through everything. Sure enough, very much mechanical, nothing, no red flags there. And I basically told her, at this point now, she's done a lot of passive intervention to get out of this acute inflammation out of, over the last three, four weeks. I said, great, that's awesome that you've done that. Now the transition needs to be towards this stuff. Yeah. And boom, she she was all about it. She's like, absolutely, that's why I'm Dedicated. here. Yeah, and, and that's a big thing when it comes to chronic pain is willingness on the part of the patient to want to do these things. As soon as you get people that are making the excuses, oh, I can't, I shouldn't, it hurts, at this, I can tell you what the prognosis is right off the bat. It's not good. It is not good because if you don't have it inside of yourself to want to change that, then no one's going to make you change it. You were just talking about someone that you ran into the gym and they were telling you uh, something and, and right off the bat, they said that they were screwed. Yeah. The right? first thing they said, I'm like, yeah, yeah, probably are with that attitude. Yeah, with that yeah. attitude, hundred yeah. percent, you're screwed. Like there's, yeah. there is nothing anyone can do for that. If you don't change that attitude. Now there are um, professions like psychologists and social workers. This is why, Cognitive behavior therapy and 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 psychological intervention is so important for chronic pain. It's around dealing with that aspect of of people's uh, perceptions as well and changing their beliefs and their behaviors around what they're dealing with. And when we were speaking to Claudia, we we talked about hurt versus harm, and I want to just dive into that a little bit further. Yeah. So if we take a person that has um, chronic low back pain. You know, if we get them to start doing some exercises, of course it's going to hurt when they're doing it. That is the point of exercising. If I got you to do 35 bicep curls right now, do you think you'd feel it when you were doing it? I better. A absolutely, you're going to yeah. feel it. That doesn't necessarily mean that that good structured hurt is harmful to gotcha. the case, right? But we can get this person and they say, well, I just want to sit down because I, that doesn't hurt me. Fine, you could sit down, but all you're doing in sitting down is continue to decondition your muscles, become weak, and that creates a harm to your body because now you just get worse and worse gotcha. and worse. So in this instance, something doesn't hurt, but is very, very harmful. And, and, and I have a million examples for a million different things around this, but it is very, very important for people to understand that when you're undergoing therapy, and especially with exercises, exercises will hurt. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are harmful. Now, the professional needs to make sure that they're modifying things so that it's not harmful. So I put this little asterisk there that it shouldn't be. It should not necessarily equal that. But that's a big component of education around chronic pain is the hurt versus harm. A lot of times there's hurt. One of the things when I see a chronic pain patient that doesn't move around at all, the first thing I ask them is I need you to start walking 15 minutes a day. 
and you know they'll come back and they'll say yeah i i I can't do it because after i walk like my body's all sore i feel worse Mm -hmm. and it's the next 24 hours is hell it's like yeah but that's what's going to happen. Yep. We need to start conditioning you. If your body is so used to doing nothing and all of a sudden you start doing things, your body breaks down in, in the process of becoming stronger. It is breaking down and rebuilding itself. And so that, I mean, and anybody that, that goes to a gym and understands fitness appreciates this, that they, they understand, yeah, of course, your body has to hurt to break down in order to get uh, better in the future. If so it doesn't get that, you get ticked off quite frankly yeah, so so know? this is part of it so yeah. it's very very important that this is educated to the patients and that the patients um inherently understand this more of that discussion on the way and plenty of time for your phone calls if you have a, a point you want to make or a, a question about your own health that's uh that's why we're here pinpoint health show 416-870-6400 star 640 on Sally. that's the pinpoint health show right till 12 o'clock on global news radio it is 11.33 on your uh, lovely Saturday morning here. You'll want to reach out when the show's not on. It is uh, 1-855-55-DR-LOU. That uh, phone number hasn't changed. It is, uh, it's up and running still, so feel free to use that. And, and uh, info at pinpointhealth.ca through email. You know, you mentioned nope. this. Uh, sorry. No, I was going to say no calls. Everyone's yeah. pissed off at me. I know. It's not you. <laughs> Technology, bro. I haven't got back to them since August 23rd. They're yeah. like, screw this guy. Yeah, no, <laughs> do it. He'll give it back to you. Now, the glitch has been fixed. Yes, it's been realized and fixed. Yep. You know, you talk about uh, the benefit of, of, you know, learning the exercises. And yeah, they'll get some manipulation possibly in one of your clinics and they'll be all sweetness and light moving forward. And then you, you, you get them on an exercise regimen. They don't understand why they have to keep this up and why the pain isn't gone. And I think we used the, the comparison last week of, you know, you teach your kid how to brush your teeth when they're a couple of years old. It's like, okay, so I just brush my teeth once and I'm done. Yeah, yeah. you're done for the rest of your yeah. life. Don't bother. You know yeah. how to do it now, so no need to brush your teeth every day. Yeah, it, of course it, it is brushing. So when you're doing these exercise rehabilitative exercises, that's brushing your teeth for, for your spine. Like yeah. that's that's all it is. You have to upkeep it. But it, it's, it's the one... It's the one area that it's so hard to get this across, right? Like, if even if we deal on the cardiovascular side of things and we said something like diabetes, most people can appreciate that if you're diagnosed with diabetes, you'll have lifestyle things that you have to do. You need to limit the intake of complex carbohydrates and simple carbohydrates yep. in order to keep your blood sugar down, and you have to do this forever. Um, and then you may have to take some medication to help, you know, the insulin receptors and all these things. It's something that is very easily understood, and there, and and we get the point of management in those instances or management right. with dental stuff. But for whatever reason, when it comes to pain and injury, there's this perception of of cure, yeah. right? Where where you know these things will go away and never. It's a finite again. amount of time I have this. No. Yeah, no, it's it's not. And when you and especially if you've been diagnosed with chronic low back pain, the first component of that is chronic, which means it's been there for a very, very long time. And you now need to do the things. I have chronic spine pain. Does it bother me every single day? No, because I do the right things to manage it. Chronic exercise. Exactly. I (laughs) I continue to work on the core and all of those things in order to build it up, to keep it healthy. And most of the times it doesn't bother me. Does it ever flare up? Yeah, I had a flare up the other day. But I do the right things to manage it to bring me back down to I'm sitting here right now. I'm not in any any discomfort, but I have chronic spine issues. I've had them since I was 12 or 11 years old um, where I, I herniated a disc when I was very, very young. So so I have these things. But if you manage them, 
you will do incredibly well with it and you can live your life. And so, so the question becomes, if we look at case studies, why can there be people like you and I that have these chronic injuries, but yet we are able to live our lives, do the things we want to do. Right. And then you, you look at other people uh, in other case studies where they, their whole life has fallen apart and they don't do anything anymore. Um, and, and that's just a matter of the right management of it. And it's not necessarily that person's fault. Maybe this hasn't been um, brought to their attention. Maybe they just don't understand it fully. But that's what we're here for. We're trying to educate that these types of things need that type of exercise rehabilitative approach. And if you don't do it, then again, the, the outcome is very simple. It usually means that you continue living with the chronic ache, and it usually progresses, gets worse and worse and worse, and as it gets worse and worse and worse, each time that it flares up, it's likely more severe, lasts longer, never goes away quite the same, and I, and I see that all the time. People that go through that, they just... They, they they continue to get worse and worse and worse and and you know and then I, the mental component gets worse and worse and worse huge, is, a, is brutal huge, huge and these people that have chronic pain will feel every single thing in their body and they do that because when you are in chronic pain you often become hyper focused on anything you bet. and if you and I sat here right now John and we started worrying about every little twinge that we might feel in our body as we sit here and we amplify it. We'd be in a lot of pain. That's what chronic pain is. It's an amplification of signals that are oftentimes normal. Some One of the components of chronic pain is that there's potentially a, an absence of a true physical problem. And and we move on to this thing called neuropathic pain, which means that the nerves and the and the neurology of our bodies have learned this experience. Like missing limb syndrome or whatever they call it. Is that yeah, a, like, yeah, like a phantom limb phantom syndrome. Limb pain, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a learned syndrome. It's a behavioral thing. And ch- that's why treating the mind is equally as important as treating the body. And when I say treating the mind, that doesn't mean, you know, medicating someone, but it means about changing your, your beliefs around different types of behaviors um, and trying to, you know, component of it is acceptance. That's a huge thing when, where we see people and they sort of say like, I can't believe that this happened to me. You know, it's still going on at a certain point. You have to accept it. I get it. I'm not trying to dismiss it. But I'm just saying that you doing that doesn't help you now. So a lot of the times it's about just accept it, move forward and move on to the new things. Hurt versus harm education is a very important component of this. Uh, Distraction, huge. We just said that people that are hyper-focused, when you're hyper-focused, you're going to feel everything. And oftentimes when when I meet these people in my office, I'll often ask them, you know, if you go to like a birthday party or a wedding or whatever, how do you feel? And most of the times these people will say that when they're in some social setting where they're a little distracted, oh, I tend to feel great. But then as soon as I get home. In a familiar surrounding. As soon as I get home, and it's like the only difference is you're not getting home. You're getting back into your mind, and you're focusing on your body. Yeah. And when you're doing that, you're going to amplify everything that you feel. You're going to feel much, much worse. You're going to create, people will describe things like fogginess, but of course you'll have brain fogginess if all you're doing is focusing on every single sensation that's in your body. Do you know how complicated our bodies are? Do you know how many different sensations we are taking in at any given second? We're just not paying attention to it because we don't need to, but you can, and if you do, you are going to explode your mind with with different types of uh, stimuli and things that are that are out there in 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 our world. Because you mentioned, you know, part of the therapy how important distraction is. I mean, I mean, you use a comparison one time. If you like, come in, your elbows sorry, yeah, it's kill me. But if I stamp on your foot, <laughs> yeah. guess what? You're not going to feel for a second. Your elbow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
four one. Now we're not going to go that way. <laughs> nah, no, no, that's, that's generally not part of your yeah. clinic's treatment. Yeah. But four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. You have concerns about your health, possibly uh, calling for someone else who you know who doesn't uh, feel a little too bashful to call the radio station. Do that, and we'll get to it in the next twenty minutes. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. It is 11.43, Dr. Payne's show. Still some time for you to call in with your concerns. At least get the uh, the ball rolling as far as answers are, uh, are concerned. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Afterwards, reaching out, info at pinpointhealth.ca. And the phone line's all fixed up, one 855 Dr. Lou, tell me a little more about the clinics, too, because I know you're always expanding, and this Pinpoint Health thing is is, is new, and it's it's, it's really cool. You've done some really good work, man. So Pinpoint Health is essentially, uh, right now, I still would say it's a small chain of clinics, Mm -hmm. uh, primarily in the GTA, uh, focused around pain and injury management with multimodal approach to that. So we have all different types of of, uh, professionals, um, whether that's things like physiotherapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, osteopaths, acupuncture. We deal with things like car accidents, workplace accidents. We have a ton of different modalities, lasers, traction machines, interferential current, shockwave. We have beautiful facilities uh, for exercise rehabilitation, the the part that I focus so much on this last bit of the show. Um, We have medical specialists that like physiatrists and orthopedic surgeons when required. Um, And, you know, I'm probably missing some stuff. We have all different types of... uh, Devices when required, custom knee braces if if you so need one, uh, orthotics if you require them. Uh, so so many things, the whole gambit of things that you would need um, to treat the full extent of pain and injury problems and musculoskeletal injuries. And we're really trying again to build a model of care um, where you you are in a, a place where there's a, a great team. Um, now I'm not saying I've invented this model; these models do exist out there. I think the difference here is the accountability. Aspect aspect with what I do. I don't, I can't think of anyone else in the greater Toronto area um, that is, uh, you know, a personality on a radio show talking about these things. And again, the accountability aspect, we, we want to make sure that we're doing the right things. Um, and I think that's an important thing. I think that's, that's something that should really make the public feel safe. If you're going to pinpoint health, that we have this radio show here that, you know, this is a, a public uh, forum that anybody can call into. We, you know, when we see these comments on the screen, what what do we usually see? Like two words, right? I don't know right. what people are going to say. Um, so this is a big thing where where I know that we need to do an incredibly good job um, with every single patient because then otherwise, you know, if you do a bad job, which again, I do such, I spend so much time on uh, processes and procedures and you know working with my team to really build the right aspects of of care, also you know, being very, very picky with the people that we hire um, is is really, really important. And so I think our team is is tremendous and I would encourage anybody out there. Obviously, I'm biased and you can go anywhere you want. That's the thing about this. It's just look for the red flags. And, uh, you know, if, if you are looking for a place, again, visit pinpointhealth.ca, um, find a location near you and, and give us a shot. If you want to see me, just give me a call, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Those number, that number will also take you to the other clinics right. um, if need be. But, you know, we we are 
happy to try to be a part of your healthcare team and and give us a shot. And if and if we can um, earn the privilege to be part of your healthcare team, um, I think you'll be very happy with what you find with uh, me and my team at Pinpoint Health. And you, you've always mentioned, please, if there's something that uh, left a bitter taste or something you're wondering, you, you got to have that I feedback want, I, as well. I would love to know. Yeah, yeah 100%. It's so, so important to have that feedback, that dialogue in a respectful way um, because that that's how we we grow as a business, as as professionals, you know. Um, it, it's not, it's even for the patient care. And when I say this, I even mean it on, on a low-level aspect. So when, when you treat a patient and, you know, if I was treating you, John, and, and we got, you really liked me as a person and, you know, you go away, I'm treating your low back, you come back. There's an aspect of you that may not want to tell me that you don't feel that much better right, because right. you really like me as a person. That's yeah. even what I mean. I even mean in that interaction with the professionals you're dealing with, just be honest. Yeah. I would rather you come back to, you know, and this isn't, this isn't a personal thing when we're dealing with these types of things. We're not, you're not going to hurt our feelings. This is purely professional and it, and we need to know that because it, it gauges what we're doing and, and that way we can know, okay, hang on a sec. Do we maybe have a wrong diagnosis? Are we doing some treatment? Yeah. yeah. Are we doing something? No. Do we have to reassess? Like are things getting worse? So don't ever feel like you should keep how you're feeling a secret from your from anyone in your healthcare team, even if it's your family doctor, it doesn't matter. Just because you like them as a person, uh, make sure that you're you're relaying the right information because that to us is how we modify our decisions right. and get you the best uh, care and treatment possible. And I, I did that with uh, with Adrian when I saw yeah, him. I when thought, you were saying, his yeah. neck is like beyond beyond it's killing me it's yeah killing, but you know and, and adrian didn't take that personally he no. managed it he you know we then moved to other things to to take a look at yep. it and that's the right way to do it that we need to know the honest truth from patients on how they're doing with their care one minute uh, one more little short break and then we'll get uh, right back into it here 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell is the number you want to use over the next 10 minutes you got uh, questions and concerns pinpoint health show global news radio it is indeed 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Marissa, thank you for hanging on. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question for Dr. Liu. Yeah. Sure. I had a PRP shot done about three weeks ago. You were one of the calls that I missed. But yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, because I, I heard your message yesterday. Yes, okay, go ahead. Um, so my pain is still continuing very bad. Where did you have this injection? In both my knees. No, but from who? Was it someone in my team? No, no, no. From uh, a specialist. Okay. Did you go back and speak to them? Yes, I did. And what did they say? Well, they said it's going to take time. For, you know, some people take it take longer to heal than others, but yeah. it's ridiculously crazy how painful it is. Yeah, I mean, you're you're asking me to comment on an intervention that someone else did. I that I can't do that, right? I can't I okay. can't comment on that intervention. Uh, what okay. I can tell you, the way I will comment on this, is that PRP for for knee osteoarthritis can sometimes take three months up to twelve months uh, to have a desired effect. Now, again, if if that was something you had done with us, then yeah, we can definitely revisit it and assess everything around it. But you had that done with someone else. There's there's always again we were speaking about risk and benefit when, when with any intervention. Anytime you get an injection, there's always a risk risk to it as well that it might cause an undesired effect, right? So it might be the puncture that's creating pain. There's a lot of different things, but I, I can't comment exactly as to what that is in your specific case because again, we we weren't the people that did that injection for you. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Okay. Okay. Is there any way to, to can I come and see you at the yeah, I'm at, uh, yeah, for sure. I'm at, I, and I've, I, again, remember hearing your message last night and my office manager uh, is going to be calling you anyway. So feel free to come in, see me for an assessment and then we That's can right. comment. We can look at that. But yeah, it's, th this isn't just towards you, Marissa. I can't, I get people all the time that call me saying I had this done from this person. Uh, I don't feel better. Or I feel worse. It's like, I can't comment, right? Like just from a from a professional due diligence, due diligence and respect perspective, I can't comment on what someone else did. It's it's impossible. Absolutely. Okay. 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 Great. I'll, Thank I'll wait you. For the call. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Marissa. Appreciate that. Uh, again, one eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou D R L O U. The uh, phone issues that you were having. It's just a technical thing. It's all cleared up, so you'll be yeah. getting back to everybody. But I do remember hearing that message yeah. specifically yeah. and thought that right away because I think I believe in the message she had mentioned that she had it done somewhere else. So, uh, you know, and it, it might have been a perfectly well executed procedure. It but might have. It, it might, might not, not be have been. Thing. But like. You know, from a certain perspective, you can't you can't really make that my problem and and, and my team's problem, right? If if you had something done, now I'm happy to assess it and take them on as a patient and then go from there. But it's always and and trying to look back, it's always so hard to figure out because in this instance, even if she comes to see me, I'm only hearing one account of what happened. I'm hearing her side. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have the file on the way the injection was done, how, what injection essentially was used. Was it in a sterile environment, which you would hope it was? Like, right. there's so many things, right? So, so it's very hard for me to comment on those things. But in general, in terms of the efficacy of PRP, how well it is to work, can take up to 12 months. Now, I don't think she's necessarily worried about that she doesn't feel better. I think based on her call, she feels worse, right? Which... I don't know what happened. I, I yeah. you know, a, a lot of times it's maybe something they did following that. It may have been something with the procedure. Who knows? That's that's I can't play that game and and figure that out. Right? I'm not. That's not my job. How's the uh, success rate continue with the PRP? As yeah. far as yeah, it is. again. So I the success rate for anything when you match it up with the right recipient is right. always very very good. Um, and I think that's what we really try to do. And that might be the the distinguishing factor of me and Pinpoint Health is that we really, really try hard to match up the intervention with the right type of recipient. Because if you can do that, you increase the chances of success by so much. If you just have one tool and you use that one tool for everything yeah. that comes in through your door, guess what? Your success isn't probably going to be that good because specific diagnoses require specific interventions and treatments. And we don't work backwards. We don't we don't start at the treatment and then diagnose everyone with a treatment that fits into the into or diagnose everyone with what fits into that treatment. What we do is we're all diagnosticians first. That's what I really try to pride myself on and my team is that we are diagnosticians first. We're clinicians. We figure out a problem. Once we have the problem, we provide to the answer to that problem. Even if it's something we don't have, we will then refer out. Because if we don't have it, we're not going to pretend like there's something in our office that's going to be as beneficial for you. What we really need to do is identify a problem. Once we've identified a problem, we can look at what the evidence-based, evidence-informed approach to treating that problem is. If it is something that we have, we will discuss it with the patient. So long as the patient wants to do it, we will then do that intervention. If the patient doesn't want it, we can give alternatives, which may not necessarily have as strong as F as the efficacy may not be as strong for those things. Right. But again, the biggest thing here is you got to match the treatment 
with the right diagnosis. And we don't work backwards. We're not just, we don't have one treatment intervention and everything that we diagnose is going to fit into that. And there's a lot of places out there that have a certain tool and everything that comes in, they modify the diagnosis so it fits into what their treatment is. Not good. No, not Not good good. at all. Not good. No bueno, no bueno. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to leave it there for now. You want to reach out, you know the number by now. Please use it, write it down, keep it in one 55 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. It is info at pinpointhealth.ca. Till next time, the Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio.